Hey lifers, it's Ferris here, and on this episode I had the pleasure of speaking with Alan of Ellie Dogware, and his story was a pretty crazy one. It's crazy how we make and build friendships through the weirdest situations or interests. In this episode, you can see how two guys that met through a mutual acquaintance sat down and brainstormed to what is now known as an international company. I myself always tell people when we share conversation how I believe people are the secret to life. Somewhere out there, there's a connection waiting to be made that could change your life with the simplest idea or with advice. I also encourage people to go into business with friends or associates. There are some things people possess inside them you never even knew because you haven't seen them in that light or position. Don't count out people that have you in their best interest. I think Jay-Z and his team of friends, or LeBron and his team, even Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff. Just remain pure and with good intent, and the rest will figure itself out as long as you two stick together. And that's what worked for Alan and his partner after their first failed business. I hope you enjoyed this episode. yourself and your brand and everything like that? Yeah, sure. Well, my name is Alan and I'm one of the owners of LE Dogwear, which is a premium dog clothing company. So we started online probably about a year and a half ago, selling on Amazon. And from then on, we started making a few sales here and there and slowly started building our brand up until it is now. So you started the brand actually on Amazon? That was your go-to place to market? Yes. Well, so... Going back a little bit, before Amazon, we actually tried kickstarting it, a Kickstarter. And I think we ran the campaign for about a couple of months, from three to four months or so. Now for people listening, Kickstarter is the crowdfunding uh, website, correct? Correct, yeah, it's a, crowd, it's a crowdfunding platform for people that's trying to start up, okay. don't have the funds for it. So how'd the Kickstarter go? Failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> how much did you get uh, raised? Um, I think our goal was about yeah, I'll say about nine thousand. Okay. And we only raised about two thousand. Two thousand, still something towards it. It is something. Right. And the thing was, the reason we failed was because we didn't really know how to market our products that well. Okay. So we kickstarted about two years ago. How I said we launched a year and a half. We actually kickstarted two years ago. Okay. But we failed because we didn't really know how to market the product. So market the product or market your campaign? Uh, for market the campaign. Okay. Kickstarter. Yes, we're both still kind of new to the whole online marketing, online sales gig. So that's when I focused more on marketing after the Kickstarter failed, and then that's when we launched Ellie Dogware. Six months later, we had investors and put all money in, and then gave it a try, and it worked out great. Wow. So before you got to the LA Dogware, what were you guys, you and your partner or yourself, doing before that? How'd you guys meet? Um, funny story, actually. We met through my ex back in <laughs> high school. And this was, uh, this was a while back. This is probably about, about 10 years ago. So I've been friends with my business partner for about 10 years. And okay. since then, you know, I've, I've been doing oil and gas for a while. He does whatever he does. And we didn't link up till about five years ago. 
you know, okay. with, with the idea of, of starting own business. So you guys had a bromance to a girlfriend. Basically. <laughs> and she's no longer with you. How does she, you think she felt about it? Did she ever show her irritation with your guys' connection? Um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a good question. I don't know if they still talk or connect. They have your alliances, you know, but, yeah. you know, we, what we had, what we wanted to do as far as, like, start business, I uh -huh. guess that drive kind of brought us together. Right. And, uh, you know, we kind of sat down and tried to think about what we could do. And before LE Dogware, we actually tried drop shipping. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, drop shipping is basically um, being the middleman. Uh, you promote and another company fulfills it and it's their product, you're just like middleman. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. So we have our own website and everything. And we started off selling like camping, adventure, survival tools, like water bottles, um, hydration bags, and just basically things you go camping with. Um, we had a whole store and everything set up. We spent money, money on marketing, advertisements, and the thing is we didn't really know how to do it correctly, and we ended up spending a lot of money. So that's when we kind of took a break, and we focused more on how to really market ourselves. So did you guys make any profit on this? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. Not at all. To be yeah. honest. And with the dropship, uh, what was the company you guys were going through for the dropship? Uh, we have we have a lot of companies. Some of them were actually dropshipping from China. Okay. And others were just local stores. To be honest, they probably are dropshippers themselves. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you we were, were middle, middle manning. Yes, we were very very naive back then. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't really do enough research, and we're really prepared, really confident in ourselves to just kind of launch our own thing. And that's when we decided, like, hey enough with the dropshipping nonsense, let's let's start something and own something that's ours. Right. From production to end product. So before you get to that part, um, with the dropshipping, what, um, you guys didn't have any unique products then, it was like you and probably other people selling the same stuff? Correct, correct. So it was basically all about you just marketing it better than other people that had the same product. Yep, that's right. Uh, uh, everything was you know everything belonged to everybody to somebody else to whoever owned the product whoever makes it we couldn't change any box art we couldn't change anything uh, at least the manufacturers that we connected with um, we were limited to just their categories and you know we just had to sell what they had so it was it was their product and that's something that drove us to to try to have our own because we we want to ultimately have our own brand our own products everything our way. Have you have always been a entrepreneurial spirit or had that spirit, Alan? I would say about about the time we opened up the dropshipping website, mm -hmm. that's when I really wanted to get into it. Uh, the thing was, I was working oil and gas a few years back, about mm -hmm. the same time I opened it up. And uh, it was about the same time that oil and gas was going really bad. You know, a lot of places were getting laid off and you know, I had a feeling like, holy crap, my department might be next. And then, you know, next thing you know, my apartment did get hit uh -huh. and I got laid off. So wow. I was like, crap, you know, I don't really want to be in the same situation again. Right. So that's when I really thought about what I could do. And, you know, entrepreneur for me is something that I've always been interested in. Right. But I've been kind of afraid as well. You know, most people are afraid because, you know, it's really like a pass, not really pass or fail, but it's like a, it's a big investment, really high risk. 
Yeah. And a lot of things don't go right until you actually, well, you can't predict if it's going to go right or wrong, but you don't get a feel and understanding for the business until you're actually doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you go to school for your, for what you want to do in life. You know? What'd you go to college? Did you go to college? I did. I went to Sam Houston State University. And what was your degree in? Criminal justice. Which is funny. Have you use that not, degree yet? I have not. I'm um, the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I was, uh, I mean, if anything, I was a private investigator for a little bit. For this company called Jaguar. How long did that last for you? Uh, a couple of months. Uh, it was fun, but I don't know. For me, it, it wasn't consistent. Right. I got maybe one, one, two gigs within the whole time. So private. The the title's pretty cool. Private investigator. <laughs> That's true. So with a private investigator, what what they have you doing or investigating? Um. So they have me do something called signal pirating. Okay. Uh, basically, and it's it's funny because you didn't even need a license to do that. But let's say they have big events where they would show on pay-per-view or something like that. Okay. Uh, let's say, I, I guess back then, it was a really big fight. I forgot who it was, but everybody like was boxing match or boxing. MMA? Oh, boxing, yeah. okay. So back then, if you go to a bar, in order for a bar to show that fight, they have to pay, I guess, the pay-per-view the company. Yeah, yeah. Pay-per-view company. And it's like, it's not, it's not chump change. You have to pay a lot, like yeah. a couple of grand. I for think it's relevant. Night to their capacity level, they have to pay some exactly. type of amount like that. Yeah. Exactly. So what people would do, they would actually purchase it on a, I guess on like a TV or something. A that household they have. TV. Yeah. yeah. And then they would just switch the signal over and then get, you know, basically just show the pay-per-view uh-huh. that's, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of bars get away with that. So they had a list of bars we had to go check out and they're like, hey, make sure they're not signal pirating. Right, that's basically it. So you didn't have to have a PL license for that. Okay. And, and you said you got more into the entrepreneurial spirit after you tried the drop shipping, correct? Correct. So before that, what what's your background like? What where where are your parents? Are you guys from here? Or um, what what did they do? So my parents are from Taiwan. Taiwan. They came here to Houston probably about 30, 40 years ago. Um, they had me and my sister. We were born here in Houston, but we lived in New York, in Brooklyn, for about 11, 12 years, and then came back here to Houston. So my childhood, I was raised in Brooklyn, but my adulthood is here in Houston, okay. and I've been in Houston ever since. Yeah, do you still have family in Brooklyn? I do, I do. I have a aunts, a couple of aunts and uncles. Uh, oh, most, wow. about half my family is in Brooklyn, and then the other half, well, a small, a small part of my family moved here. So I have like a, an aunt uncle here in Houston. Right. So with that, uh, you started your journey in entrepreneurship after you tried drop shipping. The camping was the only thing you've tried to do before that? Yeah, that's basically it. So that led you to your role of entrepreneurship to Ellie Dog Work, right? Yes. It's honestly just a process of just starting everything up, just doing everything and yeah. knowing that, you know, you have, you have your store ready, you have your products and... All you gotta do is just find a way to sell it. Right. You know, yeah. Drop shipping is pretty uh, lucrative for some people. Yeah. If you do it right, if you know what you're doing, you do it right. Yeah. You can make a lot of money, and it's very, very little startup as well. The other thing that's uh, kind of compared to drop shipping, uh, have you heard of affiliate marketing? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. I tried. I tried affiliate marketing as well. Okay. How'd that go yeah. for you? Um, it's going okay. So um, I had a couple of websites that was primarily toward affiliate marketing. Okay. Um, using Google keywords to really attract, you know, the customers or whatever. Um, I messed with both affiliate marketing and Google ads, which, or Google affiliate marketing. It's basically uh, advertising. 
Okay. Yeah, so I tried both routes and I made some money here and there. Not really enough. It's more like chunk chains enough to kind of pay for gas or electricity bill. How'd you but, come to find out about a uh, about dropshipping? Um, actually, I think I was it was a simple Google search. How to sell products cheaply, or like how to sell products for like low investments, something like that. Okay. And then dropshipping kind of came up. Right. So yeah, like I said, I went to school for criminal justice. I didn't go to school for business or anything, so I had no idea any any of this, you know, existed or how to do any of it. Right. So. Basically, all of this that, I'm, that we're doing right now is all self-taught as well. Right. And it all started as a simple Google search. And once <laughs> one thing started going right, you just kept at it? Exactly. So with the Google search, you were, were you just playing around your computer, like, let me find something else to do? This is before the oil job started tanking, correct? Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I've always had an interest. I just never really know how to do it. I didn't know anybody that was doing it. So, again, I had to kind of, like, self-learn. And um, yeah, it was, it was hard in the beginning because like if you don't really have anybody that, that does it or can teach you, right. you can at least talk about it, discuss it with, then you're really just, you know, flowing down creeping no paddle. Any advice you would give to people interested in uh, uh, dropshipping? For dropshipping? Something just... you've learned or failed at and you know not to do again? Um, marketing, of course, is the biggest thing. I spent, after the dropship failure, I spent a good year just learning internet marketing. Okay. Because uh, essentially, if you're dropshipping, you're going to be selling online. Right. So that's probably about 90, 95% of right. what people do. So you have to really find a way to, to push your product in front of everybody else. The thing is, you can't really compete on price because somebody's always going to sell the product cheaper than you. Right. So, you know, find a way to, to really make yourself stand out. It's uh, For us, again, we try, we try doing advertisements. Um, but we were still pretty new at it as well back then. If we try it again now, it might be a little bit different since we're more familiar with uh, with selling online, advertising, all that stuff. But um, you know, just just give it a try, really. Just give it a try. Test, do a lot of testing, see what works, see what doesn't work, and just give up. Okay. With uh, so you did the drop shipping, the camping. Are you guys still interested in that, or you just left it completely? Uh, we're actually going back to camping, camping adventure. Um, we're opening up another store okay. called uh, Aura, which is kind of like a camping... Aura, like A-U-R-A? Yes, Aura. Okay. Like, you know, like the whole Aura or uh, yeah. nature kind of thing. Right. Um, we started off with... Yeah. yeah, we started off with uh, dry bags, and we we're going to sell it on Amazon as well in the beginning, see how that goes. And if it all goes well, slowly expand our brand again, our store again. What is dry bags? Dry bags are, they're exactly what they sound like. They're basically big, it's kind of like a- Waterproof. Yeah, waterproof plastic bag. So you put your stuff in it, you roll it up and you clip it. And a lot of kayakers, boaters, um, people who don't want to get their stuff wet would just use that bag. Is this going to be exclusively yours or is this going to be another dropship type thing? It's going to be exclusively ours. Okay. Yeah. And where are you getting these from? Do you have them made in America or? Uh, we have a manufacturer in China that okay. we're working with. Yeah, we actually got the products done, so they're on their way here right now. Who designs your products for you? Because you have your dog coats as well as these? Yes, that would be my business partner. His name is Aldwin. Okay. And uh, he's more of the manufacturing side, so he, he deals with the manufacturing, designing, bringing the products to the U.S., the inspections and everything. He handles that, and I handle more of the front end, kind of pushing the products out. Okay. Yeah. 
So now let's get to the big business, <clears throat> the LE Dogware. So you went from drop drop shipping the first time doing uh, with uh, camping goods, and it wasn't as successful as you'd like. Yes. And you said you wanted your own product, like you need something that's yours you can continuously build up on and capitalize off of. Mm -hmm. What made you guys come to a dogware? It's pretty weird. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we just sat down one day and we just you know talking, going over ideas and what you know what we like, what we're familiar with. See, um, I, I think that's really important between friends. Like I know a lot of people this day, everybody wants to do things themselves. Yeah. And I don't think they understand how important it is to actually sit down with someone and brainstorm with them. Like, it pulls other things outside of them that they didn't even know was possible themselves. Yeah, like, definitely. if we start talking about something, it can expand to a whole other idea. So yeah. I think that's really important, uh, partnerships. So you said you guys were sitting down brainstorming? Yeah, we were sitting down brainstorming and just kind of thinking up ideas of what, you know, what we could produce and sell. And we just started thinking of interests, things that we both like. And then somehow the idea of dogs came up. And the reason why is because, you know, both me and Aldwin, we both own dogs. We've had dogs, or I've had dogs all my life. I am guilty of dressing my dog up sometimes. You know, small <laughs> how, things, how small long, things like little, little, little bandanas. How and, long did that uh, last for you, when you were a kid dressing your dog up? <laughs> um, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was a kid. I would say I was maybe about like, you know, 21, 22, 23. Still dressing your dog up. Well, the thing is, the thing is, I had a girl. <laughs> I had a girl. Okay, that's safe. Who like dressing my dog up? Okay. I was like, you know what? I'll go with it. You're that's safe. Like, <laughs> I was like, hey, 20, 21, dressed up. Are you doing but this I mean, for chicks? Your girl? <laughs> but I mean, dressing up in like a hoodie or something, you know, take him out. It gets a lot yeah. of attention, whatever. It's yeah, cute. that's why I said for women or yeah, for was women. it for your girl? Oh, no, no, for Okay. Well, it's my girl's like, oh, I love it. I was like, cool, go ahead, throw it on. Let's so go. you say you've been dressing your dog up since you were like 21? Um, just here and there. Just primarily when it gets cold, too. Right. Because you know? some dogs, they're, they're short haired dogs. What type of dogs do you like? I had a, I had a pit bull. Um, mm -hmm. Passed away just recently. But I had a pit bull for about uh, 10, 12 years. Okay. Yeah, I had him for a while. Yeah, so, um, you know, yeah, he would get cold. So I'm dressing him up. Back to you and your friend brainstorming. You both like dogs. You. Discuss how you used to dress your dog up. Yeah. And then so we kind of looked online. We're like, you know, let's let's see what they have on the market. You know, that's most importantly you see. Before what they we have. get to that part, I just thought about it. I'm just a naturally yeah, yeah. curious person. What were some of the other ideas that came up when you guys were brainstorming? Um, let's see. If you can remember any. Yeah. Some. It would just be random products. Uh, to be honest, like. So more so, idea of a. And what product can we market on yeah, Amazon? Yeah, if anything, it's more like a, exactly, it'll be more like a category. You know, okay. it's like, well, what about kitchenware, or kitchenware, what about kitchen, you know, kitchen supplies, or no, it's not going to work. What about household, what about, you know, stuff you can put in your living room? It'll all be just random stuff. It wasn't really, it didn't really start with a brand, like, just from the get-go. Right, you know? okay. For, so, you know, going back to it, it'll be just like a dog hoodie, not necessarily dog wear, you know? Okay. So, yeah, so we, we thought we thought this random stuff, you know? Just a lot of kitchen stuff and everything. Okay. Yeah. And um, so you guys came up with the dog wear during the brainstorm. Was all this in one day? Um, I would say at least within a week. Not every day, but like maybe like two. Within the, the second and third time we met up. Okay. Yeah. So we you just, guys were really just paper and pen or laptop and... 
brainstorming with ideas. Hey, let's try it. Nah, it can't work. What do you think about that? Nah, not work. Exactly. And the third day or second day, you're like, hey, we both like dogs. Why not try yeah, a dog? Exactly. And that's, so did you know you wanted dog clothes or just a dog product? Um, I think it was my, I think it was Aldwin's idea to go into dog products. Because at first we're, we're saying like, oh, let's do this dog, like Pico. I think the Pico was our first idea. And then he went, you know, he had the idea of, like, let's just start with the entire clothing line, you know, like, why not? So that's when we started with three products, which is the hoodie, the raincoat, and the peacoat. Okay. And then we just started off with that to see how it would go. You know, if it, if it went well, then great, we'll expand with more colors, more styles, and accessories, and things like that. And next thing you know, our products started selling, so we just started expanding, and then we became a clothing line instead of just you know, selling a small product. Mm. I always thought, from outside looking in the dog people, I always thought people that had that much in touch with the dog and designing dog clothes were like older people with nothing else going on. <laughs> and here you are, you were, what, 28 or 27 when you first started this? Um, yes, the idea was about three years ago. Yeah, so you were here, 27, wanting to start a dog line. How did you, what made you actually guys go for it? Just because you guys love dogs? Uh, we believed in the product. We really did. Mm -hmm. You know, we were like, hey, I think this design would really sell. Uh -huh. And even though we failed Kickstarter, we were like, you know what? This is part of money in. So you know, let's go all in. The process of that, uh, being really confident in the product, did you guys sketch up a design you wanted and got a sample? Or how'd you know you were felt that strong about the product? Um, yeah, so... Again, earlier I mentioned like, you know, we looked at the market to see what was out there. Uh -huh. And my, uh, you know, my friend Aldwin was the one who designs it. So he looked at what was out there and he, he sketched something that looked, you know, kind of, I almost say better, but like looked, looked different okay. from the other, the other products. So we know that if people did like our products, then we could be the only ones that to get it from because no other design existed at the moment. And that's when we're really confident. We're, you know, we're like, again, going back to drop shipping, we're not competing anymore. This is our product, this right. is unique. And we believed in it because it's the only one that, you know, that's out there with our quality and everything. How do you guys protect uh, from like copiers or bootleggers from your design? Do you get patents on clothing? And um, so clothing, it's very, difficult to get yeah, patents on clothing. You can, what you can do, you can patent certain things on the clothes. Let's say if there's like a, there's like a unique, I don't know, hardware or something that's, that only you use for a, for a specific purpose, then you can patent that. But okay. for designs, you can't really patent it. But uh, what we did do, we, we did go in at least register and trademark our name, right. our brand name. So people who purchase from us, you know, our clothes are, they're slowly getting out there across the world and people recognize, you know, at least, at least our raincoat, which is our signature product. Yeah. So it'll be easy to know, like, you know, our raincoat from somebody else's or at least, you know, who's, who kind of owns that, not owns it, but like, you know, who's the one that, that manufactures it, like, authentically. Now your buddy, uh, what's his name, Edwin? Aldwin. Aldwin. He designed the, the raincoat. And uh, you guys got a sample, or how'd you know, like, the material's right, uh, this is a good quality versus poor quality? Yeah, definitely we, we have to order samples, it's very important. 
if you're going to be ordering products, expect it from us because our manufacturer is, is overseas. So what we do is we would just draft up a sample of what we want, they would produce it and they'll ship it over to us. And that's when we would kind of feel it, look at it, see if we like it, make adjustments, and then we'll go from there. Do you get a discount on these prices for samples? Or um, do you have to pay per no, one? Or? No, just because each manufacturing process is, uh, I guess it takes a lot of materials for just one. Right. Then they, they will have to charge us a little bit for samples. But a lot of people skip that. I highly recommend you don't because that's the only way for you to test your product before you get it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've known people that got a uh, sketchy deals from uh, uh, Alibaba. Yeah. But yeah, a lot know a lot of people that order from Alibaba, and it's not nothing what they expected. Exactly. Terrible quality, terrible product. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. When you're looking for your manufacturer, you have to do due diligence. You have to really do your research and make sure that they are legit and their quality is good. Where'd you and, find your uh, manufacturer? Uh, Aldwin is the one that found them. Okay. And again, he, he, he handles all the manufacturing side of it. So, so you know, most of the most of the process from start to finish is, is all him. Okay. Yeah. So what's your role in the business? Uh, so I deal a lot with marketing. Okay. Um, I manage basically the Amazon building, building the listings. Um, my primary role though would be marketing the product. I deal with advertisements, I deal with the brand ambassadors that we have, um, I also deal with wholesale customers as well. Mm. So you said earlier you did a pretty bad job at marketing through dropship. Yeah. <laughs> what made Aldwin comfortable was, hey, you're the guy for marketing. Did you study more after the dropship didn't go right? You played around with more uh, different advertising and marketing tools on the internet? Oh, definitely, yeah. So after our dropshipping failure, <laughs> we, uh, you know, Alwyn more focused on on building relations with the manufacturer and everything, and I focused primarily on just end up marketing. Again, because when we started, I didn't know squat. I didn't know anything at all. I was just, hey, everything's just Google, and that was it. But um, after, after our dropship, I spent about a whole year, year and a half, year and a half, just kind of self-learning in that marketing. Uh -huh. I took classes, I experimented with advertisements, um, I started building relationships with people through social media right. that would be interested, or at least people in my industry, uh -huh. and slowly kind of built a, built a foundation. Wow, that's, that's really unique, man. Like a lot of people that try something and fail, they just feel it's not for them, and they walk away and do something else. You actually took the time to learn a unique uh, or a new trait. Uh, for yourself to make yourself affluent for the actual position in the business. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, with marketing, uh, how do you guys market? Uh, a lot of it's through social media. Uh, a lot of it's through free social media, <laughs> like Instagram, Facebook, but we also have a lot of paid advertisements as well. Okay. Which also goes with Amazon advertisements and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook is one of our biggest sales funnel, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's more you, personal too. Yeah, if you know how to use it correctly, you do it right. Yeah, you yeah. can save a lot of money. I, don't know. I know you told me about your. Uh, you're probably about to get into that. Your failure yeah. with Facebook ads at first. Yeah, yeah. So the first time we used Facebook ads, oh man, uh, we, 
we we spent some money. <laughs> How many people they say is on Facebook? Like half the world now? Half the world, yeah. It's wow. it's a good amount. And where'd you try to your fa you didn't just do it to three point bit five billion people, did you? Uh well <laughs> Depending on how many people are in the U.S. Okay. So my very first campaign, I targeted everyone in the U.S., uh, male, females, any age, and that was it. <laughs> that was very broad. Oh, any age. So yeah, two years. Age. I mean, um, not two years. I think how minimum is eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Eighteen to like, I don't know, seventy-four. Okay. <laughs> What'd you find uh, since that failure with Facebook after you learned the market? How'd you find your? Uh, what's your target demographic? Uh, age. Uh, ethnicity or anything like that you sure um so that's the thing finding that out it takes time because you have to do a lot of a b testing okay yeah and i think after testing for a while this is like accumulation of maybe six months of this constant testing um we, we realized that our age group was i guess like uh mid 20s to 50s yeah, because it's, a, it's, it's a lot to take in for your product. You have to think about the age range, uh, yeah. the type of lifestyle, exactly. interest, men or women. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for us, like, this, this through, through, throughout time, I was kind of testing everything. Like, every little thing that I think people will be interested in in a product, just taking notes. And then we had a final, I guess, a final campaign that kind of brought everything together that worked. Do you yeah. know from, I know you, you're still pretty new even though you've been in business for a year and a half or a year? Yeah, well we launched LA Dollar about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, and, but sales weren't coming in that crazy already, were they? Or was, um, not, was it through your, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, oh, your yeah. uh, Amazon. Yeah. Were they coming in through your Amazon before you turned into a business? Yes. Okay, yeah, wow. So Amazon really helped a lot. Uh, we did have a small following on Instagram and social media, but... Amazon really kicked it up because I guess it gave a lot more exposure. Just the fact that we had Amazon's customer base as well. So, yeah, I mean, Amazon's Amazon's great for us when we launched it. When you say you had a small following on social media, what's small to you guys? Uh, little, tiny, itty bitty. Probably like what, two, three hundred people. About two, three hundred. Okay. And so you're on Amazon. You're in. Um, you're, you say your main targeting advertisement or paid advertisements go through Facebook? Facebook, yes. Why do you think that? Um, I just think Facebook has more of the customers that we're looking for. Um, also, you can build more of a personal relationship through Facebook yeah. compared to like Google Ads where you probably just there. For us, for Facebook, we have a presence on Facebook as well. You know, we have a Facebook page. They can go check us out. They can check us out through our store on Facebook. Say the um, name of your brand again so people can find it. That's it's, it's Ellie Dogware. Ellie, spell it? E-L-L-I-E. -L -L -E, okay. And Dogware. Dogware. So if they go on Facebook, they'll just type in Ellie Dogware and it'll go to your page? Yes, correct. Cool. Um, so with the marketing, why, why didn't you guys, uh, did you try Google or did you find Facebook to be more cost efficient? Um, I have actually have not tested on Google. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, we I started on Facebook again because I feel like, to me, I think Facebook has a more stronger personal touch to it uh -huh. since you have your page and everything you can connect that way. Right. Versus Google, it's just uh, showing up on on the listings. Right. Yeah, and they can come directly to your page through Facebook. Yeah. Um, do you know? I know, like I said, you're still kind of only a year in, year and a half in. Do you know how much it costs to obtain a customer? 
like per advertising? Like, is it five dollars per customer to buy some for fifty or? Um, I guess that would it would really depend. Um, okay. Based on how aggressive the ad campaigners and everything. Um, again, like our, our statistics only show how many how much the cost per click is. Right. They don't really they don't want to tell us like, hey, this person this person you know purchased this and then the cost you know it's 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 more of the cost per click for us is what we're looking at. Okay. Yeah. I know with Facebook. I'm not sure how yours is set up. I just glanced at your page, but uh, with Facebook, there's a feature where you can buy directly through Facebook. Do you have that set up for yourself, or do you redirect them to your website? Yes, we actually just got that set up recently. Oh, right. like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's a very beneficial because yeah. people hate getting rerouted to other websites to do things. Like if you had your business page and you tell them, "Hey, visit my." actual website that turns yeah. people off sometimes. That's true. The thing is, um, the reason why is because we just recently revamped our website. So our website we had for the past year, probably like a year and three months ago, it was the same website we had when we launched our product. So it was, uh, was kind of a little bit amateurish. Um, wasn't that professional. I mean, it, it, was, it looked professional, but not. I think it could have looked better. Yeah, everything gets better over time. Yeah, definitely. So then, um, yeah, that's when we revamped our website completely redesigned it and that's when I went then to, to Facebook and connected everything. What's the website name? It's also ellie.word.com. Okay. Yes. And uh, you know millennials we all use pretty much the same thing, same social <laughs> sites and things like that. Yeah. Is your website through one of the popular uh, shopping, uh, I can't think of what you call it, uh, like Shopify, Square? Oh, um, it was built off of WordPress. WordPress? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so WordPress and WordPress has a plugin called WooCommerce. Yes, and that's right. yeah, that's that's our I guess our e-commerce platform. Okay. Yeah. So the, even the one that you guys redid is through WordPress as well. Yes. Okay. Right. So, oh, have you guys got into any influencer marketing or drop shipping or affiliate marketing yourself? Um, not uh, as far as customers wanna. Yeah, uh, if they ask drop you. Us. Yeah. Uh, not not for affiliate marketing or drop shipping yet. Um, that's actually something I'm trying to implement really soon. Um, a lot, we have, if anything, we have wholesale inquiries, but for influencers, not yet. These not wholesale moment. inquiries, they come from stores like uh, Pet, Pet Supply? That, um, it'll just be independent retailers as well. So like, like small. Yeah, so small businesses would have their, their brick and mortar stores or they'll have their online stores and they would like to sell our products. So they would how does that work for you guys I, uh, for people that's listening uh, how do they go about doing uh, wholesale deals with their products um, so when someone's interested in wholesaling with us we we basically you know give them wholesale price uh, but they have to make sure they kind of order enough but do they know? pay in advance or do they just keep a percentage of what actually sells oh no no you would pay in advance okay so, so you guaranteed your money yeah, you get, you're basically purchasing our inventory, and you own it, so you can resell it at your store. Okay. That's basically it, yeah. And now, on what's, what's your most popular jacket? Is it the yellow one or blue one? Yes, it would be our yellow raincoats. Yellow Dog raincoats. raincoats. And what do they go for? Right now, they go for $50. That's not bad. I saw, too, you had a, a blue one on there. Blue navy. It's a navy blue raincoat. That also goes for $49.99. $49. Okay. Our hoodies are going for $32.99. Is that all you have is the raincoats and the hoodies? Uh, we have a peacoat as well. Oh, the peacoat sounds yeah, really good. I think I want one. Yeah, I want a dog. The peacoat's pretty nice. Um, and peacoat right now is going for, I think, $29.99. We, 
We just released a full grain, 100% full grain leather leash and collar. Okay. And With the Pico, does he have inside pockets? It has. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> that would have been a good idea though, but it does not. Uh, it does have some reflective material on it. Okay. So let's say you're walking your dog at night. It has like a reversible, reversible collar, reversible like strips on the on the sleeves, and basically this helps your dog see at night. Yeah. Or help people see your dog at night. So your partner, uh, Aldwin, he designed these. Uh, did he know like the right material? Did he like break down competitors' materials and things before you guys got in the market? How did he know I want this coat this way for a dog about this size? Yes. It was a it's a lot of research. Um, you know, I, I dabbled in the whole manufacturing process with him before as well. And a lot of it, a lot of it is a lot of research and a lot of testing. Uh, we also purchased competitors, you know, products to be able to kind of compare. And uh, I think for him, for him, he just, he just kind of looked at what, you know, the best material would be based on that product, you know. Mm. So we kind of looked. You know, kind of look at a human raincoat, a human hoodie, whatever, see what the best material would be, and then find, see what we can do to turn it into a dog version. How do you make dog clothes, um, just out of curiosity, like, is it just small, medium, and large for small dogs, medium oh, dogs, man. big okay. dogs? Or how many size? like, what's dog sizes compared to human sizes? Yeah. Okay, the thing, the thing about the dog industry that a lot of people don't understand, it's not, there's no global sizing chart. So here in the U.S., you know, we have small, medium, large, and they're kind of standard throughout every store, you know? Uh-huh. But for, for dog clothing, that's not the case. Each company kind of has their own sizing. But that's also because some companies only cater to specific breeds. You know, company A can only do pit bulls, company B can only do corgis, and so on and so on. So they have their own sizing chart, and people kind of, people kind of purchase off of that. So what our sizing chart is compared to somebody else's is not the same. Right. So it's more, it's more, uh, I guess, tailored to whatever the manufacturer wants it to be or whatever the, the company wants it to be. Right. And for us, we have six sizes, extra, extra small to extra large. And we just kind of, we just kind of add more as we go if there's enough demand for it. Mm. So do you have a lot of exchanges? <laughs> we, have, we have a few. We have a few. Um, in the dog industry, it's, you're going to get some returns yeah. just because of that sole purpose of it's, it's, it just doesn't fit. So oftentimes they would exchange it for a size up or a size down and it would usually be the right size. Quick question. Do you guys have baby dog clothing for super into dog wear <laughs> like, like, fans? Like super puppies. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have, so we have an extra, extra small that we just came out with okay. because a lot of people have, they have like teacup tea tea dogs puppies, yeah. or they'll have puppies and our extra small doesn't fit. So they kept, they kept requesting, we're like, hey, we don't, let me get back to you. And it got to a point where I, where I was getting a lot of requests about it. So I was like, you know what, Aldwin, let's just make the extra, extra small. And then we just, you know, we just kind of went for it. So again, it just goes, it just depends on demand, you know. If there's enough demand for it, then we would make a size for them. What other avenues are you looking to grow the dog wear business into? Like any other accessories you got? I know you said you guys just created a leather leash. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely want to get into accessories, uh, leash, 
colors, like different kinds, different colors, different materials. We do want to continue with our main focus on outerwear. Okay. Uh, for again, for us, it would be more like, well, yeah, outerwear, and not like shirts or anything, but more right. like you know jackets and stuff. I think we're working on the vest right now, like a New York style. Yeah, um, your stuff is very <laughs> fashionable. Do you guys have any dog shoes or? Uh, no, that's something we're kind of looking at because when people purchase our raincoats, they would also buy matching like rain right. boots with it. So that's something we looked at. Ellie's dog wear. Um, where did Ellie, who is Ellie? Is that a real dog, a person? Uh... Yes, Ellie is actually the name of my partner's, uh, my business partner's dog. Okay. So Ellie is a female husky, it's a female husky. And how'd you guys agree on the name? So, our brand is made up of two parts. The brand name uh, is named after my business partner's dog, Ellie, and the logo is molded after my dog, Loki. Loki, is that the one that passed? Uh, no, no. Loki is a, is a, is a dog I had for about three years, three, okay. four years. Uh, he's a Sheltie, Sheltie mix, and the logo is molded after him. And yeah, and Ellie is, is named after my business partner's dog. Okay. Yeah. So how many dogs did you do you have? Um, so I had two. We had a family dog, which was his name is Bobo, and he's a pit bull. That okay. I had for the pit bull, are the ones that just passed. The yeah. One just, okay. Yeah. So you guys got the dog name Ellie. Uh, you agreed to use your dog's image or outline, and Ellie after your partner's dog's name. Yeah. Um, how's business for you two guys? Is there ever any headbutts or disagreements, and how do you solve that? No, actually there isn't. Um, I guess the thing is like we're both open-minded. Okay. And you know we have a good friendship, so you know we don't we try not to let that come between us when it comes to business. I know people say like don't do business with your friends because you never know what might happen. Right. You might lose that, but for us, we I guess I guess our personalities kind of matched. Like, yeah. We understand each other. We're open. So because of that, like you know everything kind of worked out. There, there are some things we talk about, let's say if we're creating a new product and there's something I don't like or something that he doesn't like, right. then you know we'll, we would voice our opinion on it. Yeah, you got to voice your opinion and let you guys know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, always, we always compromise on something that we both 100% agree on and that's, that's why it works. Right. How many employees does Ellie Dogmer have? Uh, we just, right now it's just the both of us running business. Um, I do have somebody who comes in and helps every now and then. And we have some brand ambassadors that just help us with marketing. Um, I couldn't really put a number on it, but right now, I guess the total number of actual employees, like working employees, is be one. One okay. extra besides Yeah, us. besides you two? Yeah. And do you have like a best season or is business pretty consistent? Uh, definitely the winter time. Winter time? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because our, our hoodies and the pea coats start to, start to sell a little bit more when it gets cold. Uh, the raincoats, they sell all season long, which is great. But they also do bump up in sales during the winter as well. So definitely the winter time. How do you look to grow the business or like get more people, get the word out more? Or um, Right now we're trying to expand globally. Um, we've done so. We have well, we opened up the Amazon store in the UK, which also expands down to Germany, France, Italy. Uh, we're trying to get our products in Australia, and we just we just wholesale the products to this one company in Japan. So it's slowly getting out there, but as far as uh, as far as you know, 
exposure-wise, uh, it's, it's still, a lot of it's still through Instagram. But technically, you can marketing. say you're a worldwide brand then, right? I can, yeah. <laughs> How do you um, work it out to the wholesaler in Japan? Uh, it's great, actually. It's um, the, well, it's a, it's a beginning relationship with them. Okay. So they purchase from us, we just shipped off the, the products to them, and, you know, it's gonna help, help them out, help each other out, make sure that they have everything they need. Because ultimately, they are selling our product. Right. They're representing our product for us. Right. And you know, it's, it's a it's a business a business business relationship. It's a work business relationship. Make sure that both parties are happy and you know. Did you foresee problems. foresee it getting as big as it is now, or you you expected this? Like we're gonna get this big. We're gonna be international. Uh, yes and no. I didn't think we'd be this big or international like this quick. Right. You know, I did believe in our product. And I see, I did see how fast it was going and how, how great we were doing. Right. Um, really, we just, I guess there was a time where we were like, you know what, let's just really focus for like a couple of months just to really push our product out there. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised to see like, oh crap, we, I guess we are kind of international now. Yeah, so you guys are international and uh, yes, got correct. that going. So that's a pretty great story, man. From idea to concept. How long did it take for you to start seeing the growth? Um, I would say, I guess the first time we sold out of our products. So our very first shipment, we ordered a couple of hundred, and then within probably like the first few couple of months, we actually sold out of it. So that's when we were thinking like, holy crap. <laughs> it's uh, we're actually moving pretty fast. You we're said the selling. first couple what months? The first couple of months. Okay. Probably like two, two, three months we sold out. So you had the idea, and then you you bought your from idea to selling out. How many months was that? Um, so from idea, oh, so the actual idea yeah. of wanting. Um, I would say it took a while because we didn't have the funds. So we started again. We started about three years ago with the idea, and we I guess creating the products took a couple of months as well. Because okay. we had to test everything and we had to wait for a product to come from our manufacturer and all that just took time. Yeah, so that took a while. Well, from uh, from when you first got the product mm-hmm. to actually putting it out there for sale, how long did it take for you to see the jump? Did you say it took a couple months to sell 100? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, so from idea to our first product, I think it took about a year or so. Only because, again, we, we tried kickstarting it and it right. worked. And then we finally got the funds. Our products finally landed, and from our first sale into our first, I guess, uh, our first stock out was about, I'll say, about three months or so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Still really good in three months. Yeah. So that's, it took that's you a hundred. Uh, you sold a hundred coats or more in uh, the I think first we, three months. I think we had about, I think it was two hundred, two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty in three months. Yeah. Two hundred fifty. Wow. Yeah. Two hundred fifty brand coats and hoodies and peacoats. So we had a total of like 750. And that's when, you, from beginning though, where you dead set like we're gonna make this work or when you sold those raincoats, that's when you know like, oh, this can work. Yeah, I guess when you first, when you first saw our first successful week, our first successful week, we, we sold a good amount. We sold like, probably like 10, 15. About 10, 15, which sounds pretty small, you know? Right. But, um, but just the seeing it go, um, this shows that hey it's working yeah so whatever we have is working that's why I tell people like 
it's a lot of things that are successful. They're just not as successful to your expectations. Yeah. So say, for instance, you've started, uh, when you started the Raincoat thing, if you only sold three to strangers, that's still considered a success because it those is. are people you don't know. You just only sold three, so you got to figure out how can I get more out to more people? Exactly. So yeah, exactly. that's still pretty good. Did, were you guys marketing before you got the product and just said uh, coming soon type of thing? Or? Yes, yes we were. Uh, so like I mentioned, I had a pretty small following on Instagram. Okay. Uh, Instagram was, Instagram and Pinterest at the time was our main marketer. And we used, we used the platform like extensively just to kind of push our products out there. And we had a, we had a small email list as well. And How'd you obtain that? Uh, again, do mainly do like Instagram and stuff like that. Instagram word of mouth. I had also you know posted all over my own personal social media. Right. You know, friends and family. See if I can get them to kind of like help spread the word. Right. So there's this idea. I asked you that too. Like if you guys were promoting and marketing before you actually had the product, because there's this idea that uh, some people follow. I'm familiar with, or you would create like a landing page or order form online just to see how much traffic could potentially come. Yeah. And for those orders, just say sold out, coming soon, then you finally email them when you get the product, yeah. and they're still interested, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, strategies like that do exist. Um, for us, you know, we, we had no product, we had no, we had really, we had no exposure other than, you know, this, this Your personal Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow, so with that, uh, do you guys, have you reached out to any brand influencers yet? Um, yes, yes. Uh, there's a couple of, it's quite a lot of brand influencers, a lot of people, they actually reach me out, surprisingly, because okay. of our product. Is this the person or the dog? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot of famous dogs out there. It's the, it's the dog. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. the dog. Sometimes it's the person, but most of the time it's the dog. So wait, the dog reaches out to you guys? The dog reaches out to us. How does so the dog reach out to you? They'll be on Instagram. So Instagram, uh, people, <laughs> people create profiles or social media accounts for their dogs. Right. And um, it's, it's a community of, of just dogs, I guess it's dog people. And yeah, they would reach out to me and be like, hey, you know, I would love to collaborate with you, work together. You know, I'll be like, great, you know, you're a beautiful dog. You have a good following, you know, we'd be more than happy to, to work with you. Nice. And that's, that's kind of how it starts. Do you think uh, you, how you just said, it's a good community of dog lovers out there. Do you think more people relate more to your brand because it's not just selling, it's more personal interaction and personal passion for, you know, you're a dog lover, your friend's a dog lover? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, for people who, who have dogs and, you know, you set up an account, like, you'll, you'll see how, you'll see how small the world is as far as the dog world because people there kind of, if you, you know, if you have an account for your dog and you go out there and you communicate with each other, it's like your own circle, you know, it's like a, your own exclusive circle of this dog people being dogs and it's people people really know each other it's, it's kind of weird like you know I would I would talk to somebody halfway around the world in the UK or something and then next thing you know they'll be friends with another dog that I know down in California <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's the thing it's, it's a small it's a big community but it's a it's a really close community yeah I found it strange uh, I told you and for people listening he gave me his business card I actually posted his business card like met a cool dude today gonna talk to him on the podcast as soon as I posted the business card I got one lady talking about her chew toy or 
chew biscuit, whatever, dog biscuits. She wanted to meet you just because you have that. And I, another girl reached out to me and said, hey, I'm going to order now. I'm going to check it out. It's my dog's birthday. Okay, so it is a really tight niche community out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, where do you business go in the next couple of years? Or your plans based on your success of the international? Where is it at? Or Japan? Um, so right now, we have it here in the U.S. Um, UK, Italy, France, Germany, and Japan. Um, my goals, or our goals, is hopefully just to have it available worldwide, like really worldwide. So, Australia is our next plan. Yeah. Uh, Canada, we're going to be shipping some inventory to Canada soon. Uh, Mexico as well. And yeah, that's, those are our main spots for that we have at the moment, that we think about at the moment. But other than that, we want to have a full, much bigger clothing line for right. both outerwear and accessories. And just really, really get out there. Just really be one of the bigger ones out there. How do you get your product to the people? Um, so we have a fulfillment center. Right now we're doing FBA, which is fulfillment by Amazon. Basically, we send out inventory over to Amazon's fulfillment center, and they ship it for us. But we also just linked up with our own fulfillment center on our website. So if you purchase directly from us, our fulfillment center will ship it to you. Okay. How does uh, Amazon, does, can anybody be fulfilled by Amazon, FBA? Yeah, anybody can. If you have a professional selling plan with Amazon, then you can send your inventory to, to Amazon and they'll ship it for you. How much does that cost? I believe it's, right now it's $39.99 a month. A month? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And uh, so for your products international, do does Amazon fulfill those as well? No. Um, well, certain certain countries, I believe, we are enrolled in something called their export program. So uh, we have we are enrolled in Amazon export program. So some countries they do ship it internationally, but some don't. So Amazon, I believe, in UK has a fulfillment center as well that also ships internationally for us. So we linked up with them to have them do our international orders. You we also you, quick question. You said you linked up with them. Do you have to open different Amazon accounts? Yes. The more international places you are. Yes. So uh, anywhere else, if you open one up in the U.S., it's different from the one in the U.K. For example, so you have to open up one. You have to open up a separate one in U.K. Oh, okay. And then you have to ship your inventory to them separately as well. Oh wow! But other than the Amazon route, we do ship internationally ourselves as well. And our fulfillment center also ships internationally to everywhere. Nice. nice. So we have all countries covered. Why so aren't, uh, so we were talking about future plans and where you hope to go with other uh, dog wear products. Uh, does anyone make cat wear? Um, I mean, there are cat clothing companies out there. Uh, I've never seen or they're not as big of a thing. I don't think they're that big of a thing, to be honest, um, just because Cats aren't comfortable. Well, I think I think that cats aren't that comfortable wearing clothes compared to dogs. Right. Um, I have a I have a lot of friends that have cats that I've tried. I was like, hey, here's my raincoat. Here's my hoodie. Just try it on your cat. Let me see how it looks. And they would just rip it off right away. Wow. Yeah. So I I think it's it's a personal preference as far as these animals go. Right. And dogs are just more comfortable, which is why. There's more stores because it's it shows that dogs are okay wearing right. cats. Okay, so now over the next couple of years or whatnot, you're gonna grow into a multi-million dollar business. Are you <laughs> gonna sell it or, or do you plan on staying on board because um, you're passion for it or? 
I plan to stay on board with it. Because, okay. you know, this is my, my first company, first of all. And, you know, this is, this is a passion. This is, a, this is something that I enjoy. And this is the interest that, that I enjoy as well. You know, I right. love anything dog related. And for me, like, this is kind of like my baby, you know? Right. For your love for dogs, do you think people going into business have to have a passion? No, and no, uh, not necessarily. Um, just at least, at least be interested. You don't have to be right. super passionate, but at least have an interest in it because you're going to be selling, you know, your products. You're going to have to be familiar with it, and you're going to have to at least want to be a part of it. Right. So my whole idea with uh, talking to people like yourself uh, is the brand is called Professional Lifer. And it's basically people that find a way to live life on their own terms. Like how you said, you were the oil field was tanking, and you linked up with a buddy. You didn't want to go back to work. You wanted to start your own, start your own thing, and that became the dog brand. And you, you're making it work for yourself, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, what do you think professional life would mean to you? Um, yeah, basically what you said is taking control of this, your financial life and this what you want to do. You know your passion and everything. Most definitely. Yeah, and it's possible. I'm talking here with Alan from Ellie Dogware. And uh, finish this sentence for me. Read the line and fill in the blank. Life to me is blank. Life to me is just doing what you want and what you're passionate in. Cool. Well, that's Alan from Ellie Dogware. Thank you very much, Alan. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me.